turn on here. Hello. How you guys doing? This is Pottercast. Hello, we're Pottercast. We're the number one Harry Potter podcast online. In the whole world. In the whole world. Oh. And it's true. We're not just saying it. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> my name is Melissa. This is John and Frack. And for the whole month of June and July, and what's been done of July, we've been going around the country with our lovely friends, the Whomping Willows and the Bemis Lupin. They play music. Yes, really good music. Instruments. And we've been talking about what we think might happen in the movie. We've been talking about horcruxes. We've been talking about little pieces of canon. But this is the first show oh, yeah. where we can actually talk to you guys about what happened in the who's movie. Seen, who's seen the movie? Raise your hand. Yes. Yes. Who, who hasn't seen the movie? Who's prepared to be spoiled about <laughs> what happens in the movie? Oh boy. The huh? ending is very similar to the book. Okay. Just don't get, don't get too attached to Dumbledore, okay? Just, that's all we're saying. Aww. Okay, let's make noise. If the movie was a thumbs up, yell right now. If the movie was just kind of like a eh, make noise now. Okay, the movie was like a... Make, no, make noise now. Okay, one girl in green again. Wow. Movie haters. Movie haters. I want to talk to a couple movie haters later. Okay, okay well later, we're going to have you up to talk about why you hate the movie. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Right now, I want to know what you guys like most about Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Me? Sure. Yes, because I have no idea. Having been in the car with you for a week. Well, first you. Oh, okay. I was, I, was, I, I was looking at this one and said, you. I was doing this. You? No, okay. You! <laughs> Little girl, come here. <laughs> um, my favorite thing is probably the... I like seeing the continuity back between the films. We haven't had that since one and two. And the fact that five and six, you can really tell they just kind of hold hands nicely but stand on their own. That's my favorite thing so far. I just like the holding hand image of the two little film reels holding hands. It's true, because the other one's like three and four, like, they're, like, they're too cool for school. Like, we're real owners, we don't want to be around anybody. And the fifth was excellent, now fifth and sixth are like, we're the best friends ever! And then it's going to be like four of them holding hands at the end. So. Mark's got a whole little movie going on, is that all by himself? It's, imagine like they're little drawings, little doodles, like film reels. They're like, it's like, oh, just very, oh, you mean. very unique to you, Frankie. Yes. It's awesome. John? Uh, well, my, my favorite thing uh, about the movie in general, uh, I've said this a couple times so far, but um, bears, uh worth repeating that uh, this is definitely the most realistic representation I think we've ever seen of the Wizarding World. And just the depth of the detail and everything, every, every shot was just filled, every bit of the frame in wizarding detail. And at the same time, if they don't, like go out of their way to like show you individually cute little things they did. It's just there. It's just part of it. From the burrow scenes and the garage and then the and the house, to every little nook, nook and cranny in Hogwarts and uh, and uh, I, I think that more so did they set up Hogwarts to film a movie. They just brought in camera guys to Hogwarts into the Wizarding World and filmed the movie. And that that's okay. what I really loved about it. Aki lights. Oh, we did the Lumos. The Lumos, right? Aki lights. <laughs> <laughs> all the lights. All the light bulbs. So, lights. Light bulbs. Yeah. Another one of them on. Um, thank you, Andrew. He's awesome. Okay. Well, so,
gigantic improvement in the acting in the kids, oh. right? Yeah. I mean, Dan in the Felix Felicia scene Hilarious. has to be one of my favorite scenes in films ever. Sarah, Sarah, why don't you come along? It's just, it's just so nice to see them really. It seems like they, they sort of are finally having room and confidence to really have fun and really be, be casually awesome, yeah. and I enjoy that. John Bowie, Frank, oh, Frank Bowie. Yeah, huh? You're saying our names for? What is it? My name? <laughs> oh no! Oh, I want, we want to hear some of your thoughts on it, so if you have thoughts that you want to share about it, why don't you come and make a little line over here, and we will put the mic in front of your face. I've never met a group of Harry Potter fans without opinions, so those of you who are not coming up, you're just lying. So, Give us your name too in the mic. Tell us your name, name and your thought about the movie. Okay, my name is Jewel, and actually I haven't seen the movie yet, but oh. I just, I've seen all the others, I own all of the other ones, and I just want to say that as long as they don't cut out too much from the book, I'm good. Books? What do you, what do you don't want to see cut out? Well, I don't know, I haven't read the books in a really long time, but... So how would you notice if anything was cut out? <laughs> because... Oh! If I did see the movie, I would notice right away what was cut out and what wasn't. Right. But if I hadn't seen it, if, if, even if I hadn't read it for like years. Would, would you care if they cut out the parts where Creature makes some soup and stuff? <laughs> I don't care. I think that was good character development. Alright, well that's so. Oh. Who here thinks that instead we're going to see Creature making soup? We will with Deathly Hollows, but probably not in this one. No, I said in seven. Oh, in seven, yeah. Pay attention. <laughs> Uh, I'm Michelle Grant, and I'm Yeah! Oh, she's tough enough. Um, uh, I like that there's like a hormone bomb hit Hogwarts. I think someone described it like that. Hormone bomb? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just so awkward and funny, I just loved it. A, a gaseous mixture of love potion hit everybody all at once. A hormone bomb, otherwise known as high school. Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh. Alright, my name is Bernie. My house is Gryffindor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have an awesome shirt. Yeah, I don't so so Um, my favorite part about the movie, the acting, yeah, and uh, Luna's lion hat. Oh, oh Luna's lion hat. So cool. Yeah. Do you know who designed that lion hat? Ivana Lynch. Give me her own hat. And I love that the lion blinked. You notice that? that I didn't notice that. Yeah, like it was alive. It's really cool. It actually blinked in tandem with her as she blinked. Did you see that? I want to see it once. Oh. Okay, so I'm Amanda. I'm Amanda, and I'm Ray the Clock. Hi, Clock. So, um, I really liked the movie, but there was one big thing at the end. Okay. Spoiler alert, Harry isn't petrified, and I felt that was so out of character for him to not fight back and to trust Snape at the end, I just thought that that was not terrible. Okay, we'll need to discuss that. <laughs> yeah. This could be a whole segment. That could be a segment. Breaking into 20 minute podcast segments, yeah. Yeah, here's the thing about the, the petri petrifying, like it would have been so dull movie-wise. Harry's just standing there the whole time. It's so, because you don't give him a chance to react, it's boring. It's acceptable in a, in a novel, because yeah. you're in right. his head. And now, he, instead of being um, paralyzed by the spell in the film, he was paralyzed just by the confusion of the situation. Oh, yeah. And, and Snape being all like, shh, 
she like it was he was just skating the ambiguity that we we we're, that we love from the snake's character. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. That is tough because I mean, Dumbledore was out of his way to say, "I told you said that you would trust me, and I'm telling you not to do anything. Don't interfere." So it's even harder because he has to make the conscious decision not to help. Because when he's petrified, he's trying to get out of it. He wants to try and get in the middle of it, but he can't. Well, I I I love that they have that trust me, trust me moment. Because first of all, those are the last words that Dumbledore ever says to him: "Is trust me," which is a big setup for seven. Um, second of all, like you can see Harry maybe putting a little bit more effort into not interfering the way Dumbledore asked him to because he had just been pleaded with, trust me, trust me. Yeah. Um, thirdly, I liked, like, people have been telling him throughout the movie, you are just blinded, you just hate Snape, he's, he's, evil. he's not evil, you just think he is, etc., etc. And finally it was like, well, maybe I'll give him a chance right here because he's, you know, he's telling me to shut up, maybe he's going to go help. Yeah. And I could see him being so shocked by yeah. what had you can, happened. All you're saying, you can see behind Daniel's eyes, which is yeah. really cool. Like, he's kind of like, uh, you know, that all that's happening, like, and he only had like five seconds to react anyway. In the book, it's different because they're reading it at our own pace. And so, like, but he's watching this just as much, and so. Well, he also, he also, like, one little nice piece of acting there is that he goes to move away, and he, he's so out of it that he bumps into something, yeah. which is something that we do when we're, we're that distracted. Yeah, I really, really uh, like that. You know? Anyway, um... One more for this segment, and then you were going to talk to him after the first band. Because I know you hate the film. Hold on. Oh, no. It's on. Oh, no. Okay, just on this subject, one thing that I didn't like about the fact that he wasn't actually petrified the entire scene was that it puts more guilt on him, which means Harry's going to get more angsty in the next movie. And who needs more angst than Harry Potter? We do. Because he's gonna be all thinking that oh he didn't do anything and he could have done something and all this and but I mean it'll make his but, snake, his hate for Snape that much more I yeah think. and it'll give him more reason to be all like eh, about Snape and then the reveal with the prince's tail at the end is gonna be almost like oh my gosh oh my god yeah we just listened to in the car and oh it was really interesting because by the end of this movie he was already pretty much like. You know, accepting the fact that Draco didn't mean to do anything and that he was forced to, and it was Snape all along. It was always Snape. So he's putting all the blame yeah, on Snape. Was, Those are lines from that he says to Yeah, it was always Snape. It was always Snape. Draco, he was talking about how Draco was lowering, lowering his wand, he wasn't going to do it, and then Snape did it. Yeah, it was always Snape. It was Snape. always Snape. It was interesting. Which is not like that's a. Because oh. you can see he tried, he tried to trust him, he tried to trust in what Dumbledore is, you know, he's saying, trust me, trust me. Trust me e to Harry, trusting Dumbledore equals trusting Snape, like Lupin said, like Lupin made a point to say. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we will be back to talk about this, but there's something that you wanted to... Uh, yeah, uh, we are recording this for everybody uh, online. Do I want to say hello? Woo! And this is one of our first, as we said, one of our first shows since the movie came out, so we have asked uh, some people uh, all of our audience, actually, online to record 20-second reviews of the show. And we have a dozen or two in already, and we're going to play them here uh, for all of you listening online. I thought the movie was fantastic. The only things that bothered me were Ron's helmet, and sometimes the portraits didn't move. Also, how when Dumbledore was falling off the tower, it just looked more funny than it was serious to me. And also how every time Draco had a scene, all he did was just take the blanket off the cabinet really dramatically. There's this part in Half-Blood Prince when Harry's trying to get the memory from Slughorn, and he says, this is the most important thing that I can tell you, and only people have guessed at it. And my friend leans over and says, I have no lenses in my glasses. 
and it was the funniest thing, and we just laughed for five minutes, and that was my highlight from the movie. I thought the movie was really flat and boring. I should have been heart-wrenched in the cave scene, and I wasn't. There were some really good scenes, but not enough to carry the whole movie, and the pacing was much too slow. When you're looking for a bezoar to save Ron's life, it shouldn't seem as though you're searching for a pencil. Hey, Pottercast, this is Finn. I'm so happy I thought the movie was well worth the wait. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on uh, the Oscars. I also follow an Academy Award blog, and a lot of the commenters are suggesting that the film could definitely be a, um, a contender for a number of awards, especially in cinematography. But I'm really hoping that this will be the film that will finally give an acting nomination to the series for either Gambin or Broadbent. But anyway, I loved it. Tom Felton, just a standout performance. So, yeah. Hey, Pottergast. I thought Half-Blood Prince was okay. The plotline seemed to be caught between Half-Blood Prince and a romantic comedy, and there seemed to be a really mixed focus because of all their choppy scene editing. They never explained things to the non-readers, and you were always waiting for them to tell you what was actually going on with their actions, but nothing ever came. The romance was really fun to watch, but Hermione was a little too obvious, and Lavender was a little too over the top. It all seemed to be filler when they could have been doing great backstory for Deathly Hallows. Thanks, Kevin. Okay, so why didn't you like the movie? Um, first and foremost, they didn't mention the other Horcruxes at all, so probably Hermione's gonna go, oh, look at this list of Dumbledores, you know, it says we need the cup and the snake and something or Gryffindor or Ravenclaw, and oh, what do you know what happened to know about this lost object called the lost item? They didn't say that up at all, which really ruined Dumbledore's death for me, because I realized, wait, how are people gonna get stuff? And there was just a lot of there were, just there were just a lot of instances where people went out of character that really took me out of the movie. Like, I can't believe that Molly Weasley, also known as Not My Daughter, you... Whatever. Yeah, I worry. Anyway, but she's just going to let Ginny run after Bellatrix and not hold her back and not run after her as well. I know Arthur did, but shouldn't she have done it too? Um... But they end, they end the movie with them all like, oh, Ron's cool with it. I guess we have a girlfriend this summer. And how did Ron know? That's cool. How did Ron know? Yeah. Come on. Well, I mean, how did Ron know? I mean, I, th- I think Ron sort of was suspicious at Christmas. Yeah, he said. <laughs> he said all in between them, which was pretty funny. But, I mean, it's a movie. Unlike in the book, where we get every moment, we get every key moment. That's the nature of the book. It's a movie. So when, when Hermione says... Ron's okay with it, you and Ginny. Clearly there's something that's happened outside the room. Also, they were, she was, they were hugging over Dumbledore's body, like, clearly there's something going on between them. It's just, it's a, it's a movie, so he didn't break up with her, big deal. In the beginning of, I think they're going to be together. In yeah, they'll be they, together they, in seven. They'll, they'll have they'll, that angst of being I together. have to go to the Horcruxes, therefore we can't be together. Oh, Harry, don't please me, you know. Really did it for me just because I feel that was the biggest that's about, yeah, that's it. since Prisoner of Azkaban, and it's arguably a bigger miscarriage. But here's, here's, here's what they're going to do Harry, Harry, or let's face it, Clovis is writing it, so Hermione is going to have a big, a big revelation where they realize that the ring is an item from uh, what's his name, Riddle, Riddle's family, so it's an item of Slytherin's. Like, well, what if the other objects are objects of? the other houses, and then they find, you know, the cup, and it's like, oh my god, there's a badger on it, but this is a horcrux, and they kill it, and it's a horcrux, and then they know, you know, I mean, they can do it, I think they can do it, I think they can get around it, 
outside of having a Dumbledore like another Dumbledore monologue, you know. The portrait. Do you think that there's going to be any conversations with the Dumbledore portrait? I mean, they introduce it at the end of the movie. What do you mean with Snape? Yeah, but they might. I, I can see them switching it up and using Dumbledore versus Snape. Dumbledore help explain more. But they're not going to be Hogwarts. They're not going to be Hogwarts. But not to Harry, because if Harry is ever face to face with the Dumbledore portrait, I mean, let's face it, he's going to ask him about the answers to everything, he can't be. It's going to be all like, you know, Snape. That's why he was never, if you notice in the book, we just listened to it. He's never face to face. He goes, he goes in the middle of the battle, he goes up to listen to the prince's town, and all the headmasters are gone from their portraits. And there's a, I think it's because yeah. if Harry is not done with the story before meeting up with the Dumbledore portrait, he's going to um, get a lot more answers than the pacing requires. He could be in Dumbledore's will, maybe. The will he leaves Harry can be something about Horcrux-y-ish stuff. Oh, there's like a big long letter in there. I mean, there could be. I mean, it's, it's what they're missing is exposition. <laughs> but if there's a letter, then Scrimdor's going to read it. Because yeah. all objects are uh, shown to diminish. But they could, they could but they just leave that out. Like, I agree yourself. with you. Like, I'm just trying to think of the best possible way they could like, kind of backpedal and give this exposition where it's not forced. There's a lot of little and that's that they can skip yeah. to, to make it, you know, that it makes sense in the book because she's trying to go by her wounds, but in a movie... Because as a film, it stands on its own. Like, he, he dealt with what had to be dealt with. And he and it shows him, like, finding the locket. And then that whole climax, but it's not the same thing as the anticlimax, the fact that it's not the proper Horcrux. It's like, oh, snap. And so, like, he could... Now that he, um, he has... He's introduced with the concept of Horcruxes, and they did mention that you know, Riddle said seven. Like he's like, what if I cut my soul into seven? And he has seven rocks. Yeah, and he had, so. yeah, like when, as a kid, he had the seven rocks, like seven things he was collecting. So I think maybe with a little note from Dumbledore, Hermione's obvious help from Accioing the dark books, and then <laughs> Accioing the dark. Um, and then like remembering his memory because Hermione's gonna be like, Harry, concentrate. You have to remember what did you see in his memories. Tell us, tell us everything. And then he's like, oh, it's all rolls for the Rizzo. How many? Seven? Seven. There's seven rolls for the Rizzo. I could see something like that, maybe, happening. There's an odd perspective of which we still remember. The Tom Riddle is touching. I think maybe that was important. You know? It's a soft ring. This may or may not have to do with anything, but speaking of the second film, we just got a news alert on Leaky that David Heyman has said that the second film, the Battle of Hogwarts, will be about a half an hour of the film. I think it's the first half of the battle because then Harry has to go and do the princess tale and everything else and die and not die. Robin Hermione can make out for 15 minutes. That's fine with me. So wait, so all these things, does this, okay. Quibble's problems with it, yes, but why do you hate it? Sorry, I'm like, my microphone. (laughs) I like that the Slytherin is the one sharing. Anyway. Um, it, was, it was just that there were so many kept on taking me out and reminding me that I was in a movie. I like when I'm in my movie seat to think I'm in the movie, and there was just these tiny, tiny things constantly that took me out. What's your favorite of the Harry Potter films thus far? I really like four. Yeah. Frack doesn't like you anymore. Four is my least favorite. Frack hates so four. He hisses. He just held himself back from a hiss right there. He's like, yes. Well, I'm already unpopular today. No. Okay. That's cool. But you are, she's a fellow Ravenclaw friend. I don't know, that's why I'm listening to her intelligent. Does anybody else not like the movie? This guy. Are you? It's white cool, shirt. you do not like it. It's, like it's cool. Are you just messing around with white shirt? No, no it's not. Oh, it's cool. Like, come on up. Thank you. 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 Thank
Thank you, Ricky yeah. Pauline. Because it would have just been teasing us and pointless. And so the wand sit, the wand raising was kind of like the pseudo, like them honoring him in place of that. They were honoring him. What? They were clearing the dark way. No, they weren't. It was they were. It's a, it no, was they were clearing the dark way. That was a result of them saluting Dumbledore. No. Yes. McGonagall. Okay. Maybe six one if doesn't another, but I think they were just clearing the dark way, and it looked like a. Because McGonagall could have went. She could. She. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It was, it was oh, a yeah. lawn salute. That's what it was called. We Where was it called? Lunatic. Ivana told me that. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that I didn't have the same conversation with Ivana that you did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to offer No, I think, I think she's right. Every time a dark mark goes up, they call all the kids from Hogwarts to go up take care of it. <laughs> there's no other way to do it. Oh, but you mean right. They all run up. Oh, for another one? I always, I got the impression. Like, I mean, I think that you need to do, to, to, to put light in the sky to get rid of it. But I think one wizard is capable of putting up that light. If I got the impression that it is. There should be like a... Let it go, man. Yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing about the funeral. Like, does it advance the plot at all? No. Yes! No! Yes. We got a very Dumbledore. What? Yeah, but, the, but the wand is going to be in the his mausoleum. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Or maybe not. We see the wand at the end of the film and it's in his office. Maybe it will still be in his office. We don't know. Yeah. They could change that for the film. They could have because... a shot, one shot of his tomb and you're done. You're sorted. One shot yeah. of his tomb. You don't need to show it beforehand. You can show Voldemort going and cracking it open and finding the wand. The other thing that that does, the other thing that in the book, I did just finish the book again, really? and, um, <laughs> is that you see Aberforth at the funeral. Yeah. No, but he's important. Yeah. No! He's mysterious. In a book, in a yeah. book, I believe that foreshadowing is important. Right. In the movie, we're going to see him in the beginning of the first of the two seven films at some point, and then it'll be like, oh, dude, that's the barman at the end, and there you go. You have to be really economic. Your economy of characters and time is so much more. But they put in tight. a scene that wasn't in the book. But that was to illustrate the fact that what's in the head of these kids, fearing for the lives of all their friends, instead of them reading a newspaper every five minutes in the movie, they, we just saw a home attack. That was yeah. that like, the place of too, all that stuff in the Yeah, it just, it's, yeah. You, have to, you have to tell the story differently in the film because it's visually based, and then rather than, when it's a novel, you're in their head, you feel their angst. Instead of Harry and Ron going, oh no, no, you know, the Ron being jaded, like, dude, anyone else who know he dies, he's toast. It's going to get old after the second half. I'm saying you're making choices, and one of the choices is that you took out this funeral scene that really was emotionally very gripping. I agree with you. Like, like I agree with you. And, and it did actually have some importance in it. See, so like, why is he buried at Hogwarts? Why 
Well, my we never get that in the book, though, because it's yeah. But honestly, like, like there's, like there's really nothing so earth-shatteringly important that they had to do. It, it, it's just like I feel like in the movie it would almost be too much. I mean, that scene was already so much. I feel like we're like, oh, we have to sit here and mourn for ten minutes. You know what I mean? Well, see, look at I, I my opinion on the funeral is very much what, one of the reasons why I didn't like the fourth film. Like they had Rita Skeeter in there for no function whatsoever. Like she was in there, Miranda. She did a great job playing her. She was spot on, but she was a throwaway, and it was almost a disservice to the character and the role to not have her serve serve her full purpose. Like she could have been a really strong narrative pull throughout the whole movie, just being like the one, like like just being annoying and just like pushing the story along, through, just kind of like what they used for the Daily Prophet in the fifth film. And so like if they were to just squeeze in like five minutes of a whole bunch of wizards we don't recognize at a funeral, like it would have been, unless they did a montage maybe with- No montages after five. Like yeah. a, a montage maybe with like Fox, I could see them working that in kind of, so just fading to all these sad faces and whatnot. I mean, but that almost would have been, Do you know, I don't you know, know that I only realized today that it's Fox at the end? My main point, the main reason why I didn't like the movie, poor editing, poor writing, poor acting, and poor directing. Every 15 minutes, the roast, plenty of the lines were just... What's your favorite movie of all time? Uh, Fight Club. Fight Club? Of all time. Of all time. Okay. Okay. The editing is very subtle in Fight Club. <laughs> very subtle. They, no, scenes were clipped. Scenes were just cut short when they should have just dragged out a couple of seconds longer just to get the feeling out of it. Lines were awkwardly delivered. Um, they had like a whole minute of him crying over the other bodies. Right? Just so he moved on to new subjects too quickly. You know, it, it didn't feel real. That was five. That was five, says Rosie. Yeah, and there were 12 montages in five to make that happen. Oh, do, 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 do. I like five too, but there were a lot of montages. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what my least favorite part of six was Neville in a white jacket serving drinks. That's exactly. So I'm going to be embarrassed again. Yeah. Alright, we have two minutes, so thank you. Thank you, movie hater. <laughs> <laughs> the funny uh, thing about that funeral was, I remember reading it recently, in that almost all of it is just descriptive of who's there, and it's yeah. powerful because of who's there. And in a movie, you can do that three seconds, and you can see all who's there. Again, and it's all Harry's inner, inner thoughts, too. And you, you don't get inside Harry's head in the movie where he don't like hear a, a narration of Harry talking to himself while you're looking at Harry. <laughs> But as what like that whole scene was, I mean, there was a few lines given. There was a guy who had held the funeral and did the and talked talk for him. I I, I would have enjoyed a beginning scene with the minister kind of um, doubting Harry oh, that's and, right. and and that's and an end scene of the minister. But it just it must have been disruptive. Like imagine after all of these concerts, you have this fun, the movie's kind of coming to a close, and then you have like the minister shows up and. They have to have that Dumbledore's man through and through scene, which is great in the book, but I feel like it would have been disruptive. Well, that, I mean, that actually was a very big thing in the book on the, uh, you know, public opinion of Harry and the ministers. Um, you know, it, it starts. I mean, that's a lot in, the, in in seven, the beginning of seven too. But it's starting to really come into the Wizarding world that Harry Potter. This is 
you know, I'm gonna, the whole discrediting of Dumbledore yeah. and all of that. Now he's vindicated and everything else. I'm going to place bets that that's in the first seven films. Yeah, they can. Because you're going to have Rita Stewart's book and you're going to have the ministry and it's going to contribute to all, well, is, was Dumbledore as good as all that? And then Harry's going to make all those discoveries about Dumbledore. It's going to, yeah. yeah. yeah they can leave that in, so. But, like, honestly, if the, the funeral, it was something would have been cool, but outside of a montage, I don't think it would have been gripping. Like, I know you don't like montage, and a lot of people aren't a fan. I have, after five, I have like an immediate reaction to montages. I'm not against them in theory, but I just, I'm done. I would love to see a single actor. Madame Maxine, bring her back with her big, you know, horse flown, whatever the hell thing she flew in They could even open the set of the film. Well, I mean, do you know what I mean? The be. same way that we had a new a new memory we hadn't seen in five at the beginning of six, which was my favorite bit in the entire film, was that the yeah. opening set up the set up so much that that little press conference thing cool. at the ministry. That was awesome. So here's what we're gonna do. Um, all of you listening, I'll be out here. If you wanted to get your opinion out um, and you want to get on the show, even uh, you can email us at staff at pottercast.com. And if you're savvy enough to know how to record your voice for like 20 seconds, you can attach <laughs> that file to us, and we'll pop it in the show. Uh, what you liked, what you didn't like, what you missed, what you wish would have been in there, what you think they did just right, all of that stuff, we want to hear it, and everybody else says too.